Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. All right, now we'll pick up the second half of the What's a Mason brochure. Is masonry a religion? The answer to that question is simple, no. We do use ritual in meetings, and because there is always an altar or table with the volume of the sacred law open if a lodge is meeting, some people have confused masonry with a religion. But it is not. That does not mean that religion plays no part in masonry. It plays a very important part. A person who wants to be a mason must have a belief in God. No atheist can ever become a mason. Meetings open with prayer, and a mason is taught, as one of the first lessons of masonry, that one should pray for divine counsel and guidance before starting an important undertaking, but that does not make masonry a religion. Sometimes people confuse masonry with a religion because we call some Masonic buildings temples, but we use the word in the same sense that Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes called the Supreme Court a temple of justice, and because the Masonic Lodge is a symbol of the Temple of Solomon. Neither masonry nor the Supreme Court is a religion just because its members meet in a temple. In some ways, the relationship between masonry and religion is like the relationship between the Parent-Teacher Association, or the PTA, and education. Members of the PTA believe in the importance of education. They support it. They assert that no man or woman can be complete and whole individual or live up to his or her full potential without education. They encourage students to stay in school and parents to be involved with the education of their children. They may give scholarships. They encourage their members to get involved with and to support their individual schools. But there are some things PTAs do not do. They don't teach. They don't tell people which school to attend. They don't try to tell people what they should study or what their major should be. In much the same way, Masons believe in the importance of religion. Masonry encourages every Mason to be active in the religion and church of his own choice. Masonry teaches that without religion, a man is alone and lost, and that without religion, he can never reach his full potential. But Freemasonry does not tell a person which religion he should practice or how he should practice it. That is between the individual and God. That is the function of his house of worship, not his fraternity. And Masonry is a fraternity, not a religion. What's a Masonic Bible? Bibles are popular gifts among Masons frequently given to a man when he joins the Lodge or at other special events. A Masonic Bible is the same book anyone thinks of as a Bible. It's usually the King James translation, with a special page in the front on which to write the name of the person who is receiving it and the occasion on which it is given. Sometimes there is a special index or information section, which shows the person where the Bible to find the passages which are quoted in the Masonic ritual. If Masonry isn't a religion, why does it use ritual? Many of us may think of religion when we think of ritual, but ritual is used in every aspect of life. It's so much a part of us that we just don't notice it. Ritual simply means that some things are done more or less the same way each time. Almost all school assemblies, for example, start with the principal or some other official calling for the attention of the group, then the group is led in the Pledge of Allegiance, a school choir or the entire group may sing the school song. That's a ritual. 
Almost all business meetings of every sort call the group to order, have a reading of the minutes of the last meeting, deal with old business, then with the new business. That's a ritual. Most groups use Robert's Rules of Orders to conduct the meeting. That's probably the best-known book of ritual in the world. There are social rituals which tell us how to meet people. We shake hands. How to join a conversation. We wait for a pause and then speak. Or how to buy tickets to a concert. We wait in line and don't push ahead in front of those who are there first. There are literally hundreds of examples, and they are all rituals. Masonry uses a ritual because it's an effective way to teach important ideas, the values we've talked about earlier. And it reminds us where we are, just as the ritual of a business meeting reminds people where they are and what they are supposed to be doing. Masonry's ritual is very rich because it is so old. It is developed over centuries to contain some beautiful language and ideas expressed in symbols. But there's nothing unusual in using ritual. All of us do it every day. Why does masonry use symbols? Everyone uses symbols every day, just as we do ritual. We use them because they communicate quickly. When you see a stop sign, you know what it means, even if you can't read the word stop. The circle and line mean don't or not allowed. In fact, using symbols is probably the oldest way of communication and the oldest way of teaching. Masonry uses symbols for the same reason. Some form of the square and compasses is the most widely known and used symbol of masonry. In one way, this symbol is kind of a trademark for the fraternity as the golden arches are for McDonald's. When you see the square and compasses on a building, you know that masons meet there. And like all symbols, they have a meaning. The square symbolizes things of the earth, and it also symbolizes honor, integrity, truthfulness, and the other ways we should relate to this world and the people in it. The compasses symbolize things of the spirit and the importance of a well-developed spiritual life, and also the importance of self-control, of keeping ourselves within bounds. The G stands for geometry, the science which the ancients believed most revealed the glory of God and his works in the heavens, and it also stands for God who must be at the center of all our thoughts and all our efforts. The meanings of most of the other Masonic symbols are obvious. For example, the gavel teaches the importance of self-control and self-discipline. The hourglass teaches us that time is always passing and we should not put off important decisions. So is masonry education? Yes, in a very real sense, education is at the center of masonry. We have stressed its importance for a very long time. Back in the Middle Ages, schools were held in the lodges of stonemasons. You have to know a lot to build a cathedral, geometry, instructional engineering, and mathematics just for a start, and that education was not very widely available. All the formal schools and colleges trained people for careers in the church or in law or medicine, and you had to be a member of the social upper class to go to those schools. Stonemasons did not come from the aristocracy, and so the lodges had to teach the necessary skills and information. Freemasonry's dedication to education started there. It has continued. Masons started some of the first public schools in both Europe and America. We supported legislation to make education universal. In the 1800s, Masons as a group lobbied for the establishment of state-supported education and federal land-grant colleges. Today, we give millions of dollars in scholarships each year. We encourage our members to give volunteer time to their local schools, buy classroom supplies for teachers, help with literacy programs, and do everything they can to help assure that each person, adult, or child has the best educational opportunities possible. And Masonry supports continuing education and intellectual growth for its members, insisting that learning more about many things is important for anyone who wants to keep mentally alert and young. What does Masonry teach? Masonry teaches some important principles. There's nothing very surprising in the list. 
Masonry teaches that, since God is the Creator, all men and women are the children of God. Because of that, all men and women are brothers and sisters, entitled to dignity, respect for their opinions, and consideration of their feelings. Each person must take responsibility for his or her own life and actions. Neither wealth nor poverty, education nor ignorance, health nor sickness excuses any person from doing the best he or she can do or be the best person possible under the circumstances. No one has the right to tell another person what he or she must think or believe. Each man and woman has an absolute right to intellectual, spiritual, economic, and political freedom. This is a right given by God, not by man. All tyranny in every form is illegitimate. Each person must learn and practice self-control. Each person must make sure his spiritual nature triumphs over his animal nature. Another way to say the same thing is that even when we are tempted to anger, we must not be violent. Even when we are tempted to selfishness, we must be charitable. Even when we want to write someone off, we must remember that he or she is a human and entitled to our respect. Even when we want to give up, we must go on. Even when we are hated, we must return love, or at a minimum, we must not hate back, and it isn't easy. Faith must be the center of our lives. We find that faith in our houses of worship, not in Freemasonry, but Masonry constantly teaches that a person's faith, whatever it may be, is central to a good life. Each person has a responsibility to be a good citizen, obeying the law. That doesn't mean we can't try to change things, but change must take place in legal ways. It is important to work to make this world better for all who live in it. Masonry teaches the importance of doing good, not because it assures a person's entrance into heaven, that's a question for religion, not a fraternity, but because we have a duty to all other men and women to make their lives as fulfilling as they can be. Honor and integrity are essential to life. Life without honor and integrity is life without meaning. What are the requirements for membership? The person who wants to join Masonry must be a man, it is a fraternity, sound in body and mind, who believes in God, is at least the minimum age required by Masonry in his state, and has a good reputation. Incidentally, the sound in body requirement, which comes from the stonemasons of the Middle Ages, doesn't mean that a physically challenged man cannot be a Mason. Many are. Those are the only formal requirements, but there are others not so formal. He should believe in helping others. He should believe there is more to life than pleasure and money. He should be willing to respect the opinions of others, and he should want to grow and develop as a human being. How does a man become a Mason? Some men are surprised that no one has ever asked them to become a Mason. They may even feel that the Masons in their town don't think they are good enough to join. But it doesn't work that way. For hundreds of years, Masons have been forbidden to ask others to join the fraternity. We can talk to friends about Masonry. We can tell them about what Masonry does. We can tell them why we enjoy it but we can't ask, much less pressure, anyone to join. There's a good reason for it. It isn't that we're trying to be exclusive, but becoming a Mason is a very serious thing. Joining Masonry is making a permanent life commitment to live in certain ways. We've listed most of them above. To live with honor and integrity, to be willing to share with and care about others, to trust each other, and to place ultimate trust in God. No one should be talked into making such a decision. So when a man decides he wants to be a Mason, he asks a Mason for a petition or application. He fills it out and gives it to the Mason, and that Mason takes it to the local lodge. The master of the lodge will appoint a committee to visit with the man and his family, find out a little about him and why he wants to be a Mason, tell him and his family about Masonry, and answer their questions. The committee reports to the lodge, and the lodge votes on the petition. If the vote is affirmative, and it usually is, 
the lodge will contact the man to set the date for the entered apprentice degree. When the person has completed all three degrees, he is a master mason and a full member of the fraternity. So what's a mason? A mason is a man who has decided that he likes to feel good about himself and others. He cares about the future as well as the past, and does what he can, both alone and with others, to make the future good for everyone. Many men over many generations have answered the question, what is a mason? One of the most eloquent was written by the Reverend Joseph Fort Newton, an internationally honored minister of the first half of the 20th century and Grand Chaplain, Grand Lodge of Iowa, 1911 to 1913. When is a man a mason? When he could look out over the rivers, the hills, and the far horizon with a profound sense of his own littleness in the vast scheme of things, and yet have faith, hope, and courage, which is the root of every virtue. When he knows that down in his heart, Every man is as noble, as vile, as divine, as diabolic, and as lonely as himself, and seeks to know, to forgive, and to love his fellow man. When he knows how to sympathize with men in their sorrows, yea, even in their sins, knowing that each man fights a hard fight against many odds. When he's learned how to make friends and to keep them, and above all, how to keep friends with himself. When he loves flowers, can hunt birds without a gun, and feels the thrill of an old forgotten joy when he hears the laugh of a little child. When he can be happy and high-minded amid the meager drudgeries of life. When star-crowned trees and the glint of sunlight on flowing water subdue him like the thought of one much loved and long dead. When no voice of distress reaches his ears in vain and no hand seeks his aid without response. When he finds good in every faith that helps any man to lay hold of divine things and sees majestic meanings in life, whatever the name of that faith may be. When he can look into a wayside puddle and see something beyond mud, and into the face of the most forlorn fellow mortal and see something beyond sin. When he knows how to pray, how to love, how to hope. When he has kept faith with himself, with his fellow man, and with his God. In his hand a sword for evil, in his heart a bit of song, glad to live, but not afraid to die. Such a man has found the only real secret of masonry, and the only one which it is trying to give all the world. And that concludes the pamphlet, but I'm going to read the uh, little thank you on the back here. Those who help prepare this booklet deserve special thanks. They are Jim Tresner, Director of Work, Guthrie, Oklahoma. Richard E. Fletcher, Executive Secretary, Masonic Information Center, Masonic Service Association. John W. Boatyer, Managing Editor, and Jason A. Naughton, Desktop Publisher, Scottish Rite Journal. And this was the 30th printing. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.